0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Rajul, CEO at Zip, for a really interesting episode. Zip was designed to create one cohesive platform for people to manage spend, and it really is revolutionizing the procurement process. Rajul told us all about the platform and the efficiencies and improved compliance it brings. Plus, we talked about the importance of collaboration and visibility in business and Rajul's entrepreneurial spirit, which is so very inspiring. Plus, He tells us how much money his customers have saved. It was a brilliant episode. So if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast. And it was episode 211 or check it out on any other platform where you subscribe to the show. E2 Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions, and they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I am in the UK this week and I am visiting some suppliers. I'm visiting some LinkedIn friends. I'm also taking some time for some friends and family as well. I hope that you are all taking advantage of the nice summer weather that we are getting in 2021 and I hope you are enjoying it. Today, I'm excited to welcome a powerhouse supply chainer to our Woman in Supply Chain series, a woman who has held impressive leadership roles at major global consumer brands. Who is it? Well, I'll let you know after the question of the week. So the question we asked was, what one thing makes you the most proud? So Peter says, my family, my daughters, both strong-minded and oh, so very smart. My two stepdaughters stepping out into the world and making it a better place. The eldest of which just started working for a non-profit community-centric organization to help the, the youth. My two wonderful grandchildren, and finally, my loving partner for being my bestest friend. So yeah, family is my pride and joy. And when we ask this question, both on my personal page, as well as on the Let's Talk Supply Chain page, A lot of you came out and said family. It was amazing to see. And you talked about the family members and what they do to make you the most proud. So Jose says, being able to flex this baby. And he shows a picture of a certificate from the University of Texas at El Paso. Congratulations, Jose. That's a huge, huge achievement. And you should be proud. Thank you so much to everybody who came out and uh, commented on the question of the week. We love hearing from you. It happens every single Wednesday across all of our social media. After gaining a degree in industrial engineering and an MBA at Incae Business School in Costa Rica, that is spelled I-N-C-A-E for any of you that wants to go and check that out, Ana Lucia dived feet first into a career in supply chain. Her career has taken her around the world and seen her climb the ranks of supply chain leadership in huge brands like Chiquita. Anna Lucia is now bringing together everything she's learned so far as VP of Global Supply Chain at Starbucks. Today, Anna Lucia will be talking to us about her career so far, her take on COVID demand and disruption, the importance of brands embracing sustainability, and she'll be sharing her words of advice for all of the women following in her footsteps. Now let's hear from our sponsor because Woman in Supply Chain series would not be what it is today without our sponsors. Apex Logistics are proud to sponsor Let's Talk Supply Chain's Woman in Supply Chain podcast and blog series. Our leadership team actively works to empower an industry as diverse as our workforce with a focus on inclusion and we're passionate about promoting the voices of women leaders to drive visibility around their achievements. So welcome to the show, Anna (laughs) Lucia. Thank you, Sarah. Good morning. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, you and I have met on a couple of different occasions, and I've always been inspired You know, by you. I mean, the roles that you've had across supply chain are enviable. You've moved continents and you're a woman after my own heart because I know you love coffee. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today and really diving deep for our audience into what that journey has looked like. So why don't you take me back to the beginning? You have a degree in industrial engineering, particularly as a woman. You know, what drew you to that industry and how and why did you move across to supply chain and consumer supply chain? Well, thank you, Sarah. Um, I, I must say what a, a an insightful and
1: thought provoking question uh, taking me back um, mm-hmm. to uh, why why engineering why industrial engineering and why supply chain so um let me let me start with the fact that both my parents um were educators and they were both uh professors at university my dad led the education department uh and my mom was a founding member um, and leading um, the Institute for the National Literature um, Studies in Guatemala. So my childhood was filled with a lot of great educational activities.
0: Okay. and I was
1: uh, constantly encouraged to um, explore. Um, so the intellectual curiosity was, was something on our daily basis. Our summers were filled with uh, book assignments and uh, we had constant visits to the botanical park, um, to the national parks. Um, We were really encouraged to um, explore and find solutions on our own even though, you know, like that sometimes um, when you're a child and you're trying to resolve your work, um, your homework, that might be a little frustrating, but it was <laughs> it was really you know, like prepping us for for the future. So I think it started there um, with my my passion for um, problem solving and uh, critical thinking. So I always wanted to find the answers. And uh, I love puzzle I love resolving um, complex situations, uh, math and art. So when I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do in life, um, engineering seemed like a really good fit with uh, where I wanted to go. Um, and now, if you ask me why that leap into um, supply chain, I think it's combined with another passion of mine, a couple of passions of mine, which is I love to connect the dots okay. um, and and truly exploring what uh, system thinking um, would actually bring. So what is the ripple effect of the actions that we're taking here today? And then how is that going to be um, impacting or affecting or creating another ripple, you know, like down the road. So I found fascinating in particular, um, the, the food supply chain, right? How okay. How is it mm-hmm. possible that we're here, you know, like all around the world and then we have access to these fantastic bananas or um, any other type of amazing produce that is only produced in a certain region in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and because I also love food, <laughs> it was a natural jump um, for me going and applying all these different um, transferable skills into supply
0: chain. I love that. I We just did, I think we did a post or I talked about it on Thoughts and Coffee about the coffee supply chain. Um, because it's really interesting from origin to destination. And I don't think a lot of people think about that, right? I mean, if you look at a pen like this, there's so many different components that go into just a pen that you don't really think about how those different components come together to make that pen and so i can i can totally understand you know how supply chain just fascinated you in that way and you know you mentioned that you grew up in guatemala what made you move to america and what was that change like i've had a lot of guests on the show who originate from a variety of different countries and it always stands out to me that their experience of being an immigrant really shapes their journey and their careers moving forward and actually for our blended episode in August, we're going to be talking about uh, what it's like uh, in immigration and being an immigrant to a new country. So I'd love to get your take on that.
1: Well, I um, I think since I I, I can remember, you know, like back in my in my early childhood, I I always had this inner drive to um, see the world and mm-hmm. um, learn new different ways of uh, working and living. So, very early on, I, I wanted to start traveling, I wanted to learn new customs, I wanted to um, explore new traditions um, and try new foods. You can see food is a it's a theme, <laughs> um, I love it. but also growing up, I, uh, I had a very strong influence um, at home because my mom was an exchange student living in Ohio when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and additional due to the proximity that we have geographically, right, um, we have a very strong influence from the American culture um, in our country. So I grew up watching, you know, like shows like uh, um, Saved by the Bell or uh, <laughs> Dustin's Creek um, and Frasier. So I really wanted to see the space. needle, And uh, I I knew that at a point in time I wanted to just like go and and be there um, in and i think you know the 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 um, the biggest benefit that i gain from um traveling and really living abroad was how it actually grew me as a as a person and uh, taught me how to be truly independent um because i left pretty early in my life and I had to learn a lot of different things that I had no idea um, that you have to take care of and uh, how to keep a budget at home, how to cook, how to um, really, you know, like navigate the world and um, and try to understand, you know, like how things can be done um, in a different way and offer great results. Um, so if, if you ask me, you know, like how this has been shaping my experience as a professional and uh, my career, I think... It is truly the, the the gift of being able to see different perspectives because it has allowed me to think differently. Um, right. I, uh, I I I uh, had the opportunity to have an exchange while I was still in university, um, and I actually went to Poland. I lived there for um, wow. close to five months, and uh, I was so impressed because buses will come on time and there was like this timetable <laughs> that it was you know like at, at the bus station right that it was like telling me when they were going to come right so uh, a lot a lot of time has has uh, uh happened and uh, changes you know like back home in terms of um, um time schedules but it just gives you an idea in terms of how interested i was in terms of logistics and thinking about you know like how can you uh uh, maximize uh, the opportunities abroad. Like really, try to take what's the best out there and seeing if you can make things here better by bringing them absolutely. In.
0: Yeah, and I think shared perspective or different perspectives. Right, you're you're bringing your perspective from Guatemala into Poland and then you've got a perspective from living in Poland and now living in the U.S. I mean, I think it's all just about the experience and it makes you who you are and what you can bring to the table as far as your career. So, you know, you've worked at Starbucks for over six years now. You've had some great roles and it seems like you've been able to experience different areas within the business, which I think is amazing because I always encourage people Try everything, right? So, what has that experience been like for you? What's the culture like, particularly as a Latina woman? Well,
1: I, Sarah, I must say it has been a truly fantastic experience. Mm. Um, it is an organization that really cares um, about our customers, um, the well being of um, the partners, because um, that's how we call ourselves partners in the organization. Um, And also things long term um, in terms of how to develop solutions that are um, sustainable. um, How can we really make a difference in the communities that we're present in? And it is a very inclusive and uh, um, diverse um, culture. Um, It it, it really encourages you to bring your whole self to work. And I think that makes makes a difference um, Mm -hmm. because... One of the one of the the things that um, truly impressed me when I joined was the um, significant amount of um, women in leadership roles um, mm. that were in across the enterprise, um, which was extremely exciting for me because you do need to see yourself um, in uh, different parts of the organizations to sustain your growth um, and. Uh, Also, as an organization, um, Starbucks is very focused on growing you as an individual. So, really exposing yourself into different opportunities. So, they will take, they will make a bet on you. And if you want to do like um, lateral moves that will allow you to round your experience or really, you know, like uh, be able to grow you and scale your leadership, uh, they Mm -hmm. are willing to invest in you to be able to take. That opportunity and uh, keep keep just moving forward. So it has been a uh, a very refreshing experience for me. Um, and uh, I uh, I'm a true believer. You know that uh, given that they that we embrace um, diversity so strongly and inclusion um, that that is a true catalyst for innovation. Mm-hmm. And this this culture fosters. Um, innovation and different ways
0: of thinking. So very, very good experience. I'm so glad that you said that and how diverse perspectives really drives innovation. Because a lot of times we talk about innovation and where the ideas come from and new technology as a part of innovation. But innovation really starts with people. And it really starts with people from diverse perspectives coming together, sharing their thoughts, sharing the experiences that they've had In their personal lives. And like you said, bringing their wholesale selves to work. I mean, that that in one sentence is amazing. And exactly what I see of Starbucks when I think about the brand. And so, you know, it's amazing how you can translate all of that just through a brand right? And, and so I wouldn't have expected anything else from you. So other than coffee, what's your favorite food? Because I'm seeing a theme here and it's all about food and you love food. So I want to know what is your favorite food? (laughs) Well, I do have,
1: um, I think, I think, you know, the, the, the soft spot is for, um, produce and, um, agricultural products. I, uh, I love seeing the the overall supply chain or the the uh, flow, you know, like um, all the way from the very beginning. You know, like how how you know like uh, products like bananas or like coffee um, yeah. really drive um, the way communities you know like are organized or how you live. So, um, I, I I honestly think you know it also. It also fuels with uh, the fact that I um, I smile when I have this type of, of, of product. So, uh, for example, there's nothing better than having a banana and coffee in the morning uh, because they make you smile. So knowing knowing that you know like you're um, really behind that uh, supply chain of smiles um, is really you know like uh, something very powerful for me. Um, now, if you ask me, you know, like personally, what I do love eating, yeah. I must say, I love a lot of different types of food. I am a big fan of uh, pizza and fries, uh, <laughs> and uh, and and I think you know, like I could have them, you know, like uh, very frequently, if not for um, some uh, self restraint. But yes, I uh, I do I do I do enjoy food and. I love very different types of food. I, uh, I'm a true um, explorer, I would say, in terms of uh, culinary experiences. And uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I honestly think the, the, the passion or the love that uh, uh, comes from, from that is um, because of how we were really, you know, like back in the days at home, um, we were all gathered as a family, um, around mm-hmm. the table. So um, in Guatemala, um, we have a lot of different traditional dishes mm-hmm. that uh, take probably like two or three days um, to prepare. And uh, for example, by the end, yeah, for for the holiday, so for Christmas, um, we have a we have a typical dish that is called tamales. And uh, yeah. at home, my grandma was, uh, was um, the was the the central focal point of how the tamales were going to be created. It was a big event. Um, now that I think of it, maybe that's where I started gathering my um, supply chain uh, um, yeah. passion because I, I would come, you know, with my grandma to uh, um, the market and we will, you know, like source directly all the different materials um, that was, you know, like uh, part of the procurement and uh, <laughs> sourcing of goods. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there would be like a, uh, Preparation, um, like getting everything ready until we were, you know, that last space um, <laughs> for for the for the assembly, right? And uh, we all had different roles. So my sister, my mom, uh, me, um, we will all, you know, like come and gather, and we would spend hours just uh, building each one of them, like before they would actually go into um, cooking. So I think, you know, it's it's, the, it's the, the care and the dedication that we put together in, in how all this um, um, food is prepared and uh, and then sharing it with um, your family or your community, um, bringing everyone together, having these uh, gatherings and this conversation.
0: I think yeah. that makes a, makes a difference. Yeah. And the experience, right? And what you've just described is supply chain at its best is the community coming together and sharing something so that you can share that with i mean family and friends yes but i guess the end consumer would be our family and friends right because of everything yeah. that we put into getting that product or that that food or you know the the piece of food that might go into you know, a huge family dinner that just brings smiles to everybody's faces. And so I just, oh, I love you, Anna and I'm so glad that you came on this show. Um, but I want to get back to you taking over the role that you're in today. I believe you took it over about a year ago, and that was roughly at the start of COVID. So what have you seen over the last year in terms of, you know, like customer demand and supply chain disruption? Everybody's going through it right now. So how are you dealing with that? Well, Sarah, uh,
1: yes, Uh, as you uh, correctly pointed out, I think that we're all going through the same um, situation and we're all facing um, unprecedented volatility and uncertainty Mm -hmm. um, in all different aspects in terms of um, supply in general um, and demand, most importantly. Um, So what What I think, you know, it would be, it it, it has been um, remarkable. It's uh, how the supply chains of the world have um, stepped up to the challenge. And um, even though, you know, there has been bumps, right? Because, you know, like things change overnight. um, Our supply chains uh, creativity has been pushed to the max. Um, And uh, at least, you know, like in terms of um, our teams, I've been... So impressed um, with the passion and the drive. It has been very intense in our teams because it has been nonstop. Um, But the teams, you know, take it, you know, like very close to um, their hearts that the products need to make it to the stores and Mm -hmm. uh, they work relentlessly to build um, resilient and flexible solutions that would allow to really really prioritize um, all this product coming to the store. So I I, uh, I think, you know, this is a transformational and pivotal point um, for all of us because we, we will have to continue thinking about long, sustainable um, delivery of goods and we will have to do it in a very different way. Um, we will have to be resilient, but also we will have to be very flexible so then we can continue adjusting um, to the mm-hmm. changes that were actually being facing um and then the other piece that i think it's different and there's no turning back now is that now supply chain is famous because Mm -hmm. for the first time for the first time and i was so so excited that i actually recorded it um i saw supply chain on tv i saw supply chain commercials and i think that is transformational in terms of uh the future giving you know the rightful place um for supply chain as a function and also inspiring, you know, like this new generation of uh, uh, leaders and uh, potential um, supply chain professionals of the future um, yes. about joining a, a, a team that makes things happen, um, mm-hmm. but also embedding, you know, the sustainability and the long-term um, sustainment of solutions in the mix. So I think it is, it is very exciting. It has been very intense and our teams um, did rely, you know, like in fantastic cross-functional across the enterprise collaboration. I think that's the other key element now more than ever. Um, organizations need to be able to hold in and then come together as one team. And, and I yes. have seen that and it, it is very exciting.
0: It is so exciting. I was like you. I was like a kid in a candy store when I heard supply chain come out of, um, you know, a politician's mouth or I heard procurement, you know, the word procurement. I mean, supply chain is one thing. Procurement is a whole other. So I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, and I, I, I'm glad that you you brought that up. I mean, we've, we've started a new show with uh, Abby Baird, who is in uh, the University of Arkansas uh, taking supply chain management. And so she's doing a live show for us, really encouraging the next generation of supply chain professionals and showing them what it's like to be in this industry. And I think it's super important. And I think the other thing that you mentioned that was really important too is sustainability. And before Starbucks, you you worked at Chiquita. And your final role there before you moved on was director of continuous improvement and sustainability, which I love. And the listeners will probably know that, you know, I've been working with LinkedIn on an introduction to supply chain sustainability course. And so I would just love to hear your thoughts. Are we as an industry doing enough? Are we, do you, do you think that we're headed maybe in the right direction or, or what kinds of changes, you know, were you implementing in that role that maybe others can implement in, in their organizations? Well,
1: I um, I think it, it, I, I was reflecting I was reflecting on that role um very recently and uh, I do believe that, that that role in particular is um, the unlock for a perfect combination in um, our sustainability journey, which mm-hmm. was you know like combining continuous improvement and sustainability, um, it's so and just. True. Um, Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and just to give you an example, um, in that role, I had the opportunity to really um, combine elements that will be making a difference for our environment, but at the same time will continue to drive operational excellence, which is so critical for this sustained long term solutions. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, um, in salad production, one of the areas where you invest a lot of energy is in the drying of the leaves Um, and in, yes, you spend, you spend time after the wash, after, you know, like going through the, the, the cleaning process um, you, you actually have to dry them in, in partnership with R&D, we um, managed to successfully reduce the drying time. Um, And that was a phenomenal breakthrough um, because not only we, um, we allowed our utilization to go up, um, we uh, prevented um, additional um, expense in additional dryers but we also increase the quality of the product so when you think about that that's the the perfect solution is the trifecta because you are really catering to deliver a product that is uh, meeting your or exceeding the customer expectations yeah. um, but you're also focusing on the environment and making certain that there's a sustainment uh operational excellence to be able to have that on the on the on the go for a very long time um so i i, I think you know there's a, there's a lot of different opportunities like that that mm-hmm. we can continue
0: to support i love that and uh, i'm so glad that you shared that example right? Because I think too many times we'll go and pick up a bag of salad or a box of, you know, lettuce or whatever from the grocery store. And we don't really think, like my example earlier with the pen, what goes into it and what people are actually thinking about to help with sustainability, not only in the supply chain, but also with the consumer product. And so really thinking about the consumer, but also thinking about the environment and the world that we all live in. So, you know, We touched on your experiences early on studying industrial engineering. Um, But what have your experiences been? You know, like as a Latina woman throughout your corporate career, working at big name brands, you know, for any of the Latina women or maybe men in the audience, you know, have you faced any challenges? Um, Because on the Blended podcast, you know, the, the podcast that we have around diversity and inclusion, People always have a story to tell. And you know, did you have a mentor, maybe somebody that helped you or, or opened up an opportunity for you along the way? I just recorded a blended episode on social inequality. And one of the things that we came that came out of that episode was that it just takes one person to make a huge impact in somebody's life by giving them an opportunity to speak up giving them a safe space or helping them to find opportunities or giving them a helping hand up. So just curious as to what your story has been and if you face challenges and what that's been like and how you resolved that, or if you had a mentor or somebody in your corner along the way. Well, thank you
1: for, for that reflection, um, Sarah. I, um, I would say, you know, like uh most of the environments um, for my studies and uh, work um, have been male dominated. So uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I kind of, in a way, I, I've been used most of my life until recently to be the minority in the room mm-hmm. um, or not see that many uh, that look like me in the room. And I think as a young professional this uh, created a challenge as I didn't have any female role models in leadership positions that I could learn from um, mm-hmm. or that could help me dream about what was next. Um, so frequently at earlier uh, parts of my career, I was I was given feedback that I was not assertive enough or that I was not bold enough. Um or concise enough um and that I was too nice um so there were there were certain moments in time when I really I really felt I like I just wanted to blend in um and that that is um this is a very vulnerable moment um but it is really you know like uh um, a challenge that I, I faced at um, certain points in my career, and I feel very fortunate that um, I had the influence of my grandma and uh, mm-hmm. my parents, um, mm-hmm. who truly encouraged me to pursue my dreams. Um, and they they did that leading by example because they great they they taught me a a great and very strong work ethic, um, and how I needed to foster diversity. Um, how I should never stop learning, um, how I need to give back, um, and most importantly, that I had to always believe in myself. So I I am very thankful for that um, drive that I got early from home, um, but also very grateful because along the way, I've also had um, great leaders, great uh, uh, mentors and sponsors who created new opportunities for me, Challenge me to stretch out of the comfort zone, and uh, invest it in me. Mm. Um, so I do. I do believe that uh, the the responsibility we have as leaders um, is really, you know, pave the way uh, for the next generations and find these opportunities to um, help someone along the way. Um, it's either, you know, like providing. Clear objective on the spot feedback that is going to help you grow, um, yeah. or encouraging um, male or female um, young professionals to um, think differently and maybe maybe take uh, an opportunity that might not be what they consider mainstream, but that might give them, you know, a,
0: a different aspect on on how to develop themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they when they told you that you weren't assertive enough how did you find your voice from that um that is a that is a great question so um
1: i think um i can i can go back to the very exact moment when that happened in the, um i um in one of my very very previous roles early in my career um, I um, had the opportunity to be part of a, uh, a very senior um, leadership team. Um, I uh, often was uh, one of the two women in the room, and um, there were a lot of really great conversations and topics and uh, debates. And uh, every single um, session, I uh, had so many different questions, but I could feel, you know, like my inner critic um, telling me um, to stay low, or maybe just like to revisit that question like two or three different times. And uh, I would always, uh, I will always even question like, do I have the right, do I have the right terms? Am I using Mm -hmm. the right word in English um, to be able to express that? Um, But I remember vividly, there was this um, particular session where um, there was a very critical uh, topic that was being discussed, and uh, I had something to say that no one else had said, and um, I felt, you know, like uh, the rush (laughs) through my veins and uh, (laughs) butterflies in my belly, Um, even, you know, like my voice quivering, Um, but I participated, Um, and I, I actually expressed an opinion that was somehow opposed to the vast majority of the senior leaders in the room. And um, the room actually went quiet. And I felt, uh-oh, is this, <laughs> is this a turning point in my career? Um, and it was. It was a, a turning point in my life because um, it was a liberating moment. And uh, uh, I I my comment, my idea, my feedback, my voice, um, was very well received. So in a way, it was almost like I left um, uh, tons of uh, inner criticism, doubt um, behind. And it was, it was very liberating to, to find my voice. I, um, I actually um, think it was uh, transformative for me because I, it made me realize that uh, it really doesn't matter how my voice sounds. What it really matters is what my voice says and what mm-hmm. I am actually advocating for. Um, so I do have a responsibility um, to share a different perspective, to uh, encourage, you know, the rest of the, the my peers um, to think differently. If something hasn't been said, um, that that is, you know, like part of the responsibility you actually gain when you start getting, you know, like more responsibilities in. Uh, um, other leadership positions. So mm-hmm. it's a it is a very powerful, um, vivid memory that I, I carry because I um I since then I I've been embracing my voice as it is. I uh, I am not uh, actually concerned about like trying to emulate someone else's accent. I am embracing my accent, and I I really want to invest time and effort like refining growing and expanding my ideas uh, and my message rather than uh, trying to sound like everyone else
0: mm-hmm. that is going to resonate with so many i'm so glad that you shared that 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 example for us so what does the future hold for you anna lucia what, what do you see the future being well i think the future
1: the future is bright um filled with so many different opportunities i am um, I've been finding uh, more and more that um, a true passion of mine, um, along with supply chain and sustainability is um, is truly helping other leaders be successful and developing the new generations um, of leaders um, that are going to be coming to the workplace. Um, so truly for me, the future, um, it's uh, hopeful. Um, about, you know, like how can, we, how can we make certain that we just uh, bring along um, a different way of thinking about how we're going to be so- solving some of these complex problems that we have in terms of uh, uh, resources or even finding new solutions for um, the communities. Um, mm-hmm. How do we keep, bring everyone along? So it is really not about um, slowing down the pace because um, I do love, you know, like moving forward and exploring new opportunities. It is yeah. really about learning new ways on how we can bring everyone along.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an exciting time to be in supply chain. I mean, as a supply chain leader, you know as well as I do. There's lots of different things that people are thinking about, you know, um, from an organizational standpoint and the focus, more of a focus being on supply chain. And so, like you said, the future is bright and uh, it's really exciting time to be in supply chain. So one final question, because I want to know, what advice do you have for girls and women that might want to follow into, in your footsteps into supply chain? What would you tell them? Well, I think that the, the first thing would be,
1: it is it is really not about being perfect, but always being better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, sometimes uh, for a lot of different reasons, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and um, that sometimes even prevents us from uh, um, taking a risk or putting our name in the hat for um, one position. We, we look and we really try to have 100% of the requirements for a role um, mm-hmm. before we apply. Um, and I think, you know, it is about your ability to learn, your ability to uh, um, be coachable and um, explore new opportunities. Um, the second piece would be our voice carries a very important message and it needs to be heard. Um, so I, I would actually encourage us as uh, women um, to continue exploring areas that uh, uh, might not be as, uh, uh as, as, uh, explored, um, by, by women in general. And mm-hmm. I think supply chain has come a long way. Um, but still, you know, like continues to benefit from how women think. Um, so we need more women joining, you know, the, the, the different uh, areas and opportunities in supply chain so that we can continue driving balance and, uh, uh, making sure that we have really holistic um, uh, diverse solutions because um, the, mm-hmm. the problems that we have ahead really require that different way of thinking. Um, yeah. um, and then a couple of things which uh, you know like have been you know, in like some of the lessons I've had in my life is uh, we, we have to believe in ourselves. Uh, we have to be open to ask for help. Um, we have to trust our instinct because we do have great instincts and we have to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. We we absolutely will do uh, our pros and cons, SWOT analysis and and take calculated risks, but you have to trust your instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, continue to have a very strong work ethic, um, but work smart and uh, reach out To role models and ask for advice. Um, I think sometimes we're very um, cautious or um, concerned about, you know, like reaching out to other leaders and ask for their experiences. But I would actually encourage to um, to just reach out. I I think that leaders in general are so excited when um, new partners or new uh, um, professionals are just asking, you know, like what what can I continue to do to grow my Mm -hmm. career? So, so.
0: yeah, I, I love that and such great advice and, you know, listen to shows like this to hear about, you know, other people's journeys and really get a good understanding of what that has looked like and how it can look like for you. You know what I mean? So what an incredible journey. I mean, you've moved countries and worked across so many different areas of the industry to become VP of Global Supply Chain Strategy at one of the world's biggest brands. I mean, what an inspiration. And I'm sure I have learned a lot. And I'm sure the audience has learned a lot from, from you. And I'm excited to see what you do next. So thank you so much, Anna Lucia, for coming on the show, for sharing so authentically, and for uh, giving us some insight into your journey
1: thank you sarah i feel very honored to to be here thank you so much
0: this episode was produced in collaboration with border buddy the most innovative online customs platform out there and here is what graham the founder of border buddy has to say more and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at Borderbuddy.com slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. And remember to come back next week where we'll be talking to Coupa all about supply chain design and planning. I cannot wait to share that with you because we are going to be talking about some of the biggest points of the last year or so. That's the impact of COVID on supply chain resiliency and what that means for your design and planning moving forward. It's going to be an amazing episode, so you definitely don't want to miss that one. And if you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even Clubhouse and TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at Let's Talk Supply Plus, you can find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at Let's Talk forward slash shop. And if you would like to be featured on an upcoming episode, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember,
1: ship happens.